0: LeBron's not LeBron right now. I mean, this is just, th- th- this is undeniable.
1: But I don't believe had James Harden not gone on this historic street, they would not be in the position they're in. They're just not going to be outbid.
2: So if, if the Pelicans came back and said, this is what it's going to take or else we're going somewhere else, I think the Celts would throw all those picks in there.
1: Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review.
3: Up first, Nick and CeCe discuss the Lakers' current playoff chances.
4: Nick, why did the Lakers lose last night?
0: Well, same old, same old. No defensive intensity to start the game whatsoever. Mm -hmm. They actually finally had their best stretch of defense they've had in maybe a month to start the fourth quarter, but that coincided with them having as bad of a stretch of offense as you can have, so it erased any progress they had there. Ridiculous coaching decisions once again. Lance Stevenson, the only guy off the bench who does anything for you in the first half, he, of course, gets one second of playing time in the second half inexplicably and LeBron's not LeBron right now I mean this is just th- th- this is undeniable LeBron said he's going to activate playoff mode and I understand since he said that he has averaged a triple double and he's giving you I think it's 27 10 and 12 a night but he's not LeBron he is laboring He cannot – he is not exploding the way we're used to. And on defense, he's not a non-factor. He's a negative factor right now. These are all just obvious things to the eye. It's just like it's obvious he is playing at the heaviest weight, which is hurting his conditioning, all which lingers back to the injury. But none of that should – be enough to lose to the Grizzlies. None of that should be enough to lose to the Hawks. None of that should be enough to have gotten blown out by the Pacers without Victor Oladipo. This team's a mess right now. And so I understand Laker fans this morning are mad about some very bad calls in the fourth quarter, and people are mad about a lot of things that Joe Kim know all of a sudden. It was his birthday yesterday. He hit the, the way back machine. I don't care about any of it. The the Grizzlies, allowing the Grizzlies to score 34 points in the first quarter is like giving up a 50-point quarter to a real NBA offense. This is the worst offense in basketball over the course of the season, and it's gotten worse since they lost Mark Gasol, and you're playing uphill the entire game once again this was could have been a great night for the Lakers Spurs lost again Kings lost you you had real opportunity to make up ground and instead you after beating the Rockets you lose to the Pelicans with no Anthony Davis you lose to the Grizzlies with the team they're running out there mm-hmm. it's un it's it's not inexplicable but it is unforgivable maybe we just because of LeBron's
5: injury we didn't want to make that an excuse so we just made that part of the conversation maybe the Lakers won't get back to the level that they had before LeBron. The night LeBron got injured, they beat the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Maybe we would be better off served thinking this Lakers team won't get back to that level. Now, do they miss Lonzo Ball? They really, really do. But they also missed the real LeBron James. LeBron said he was going to activate the playoff LeBron. When he went to hit the button, it didn't activate. Right. Because in the last two games, regardless of what the numbers say, when you watch LeBron, with all the eyes on LeBron, as close as we watch LeBron, he's not the same. Nick is admitting it. He does look like he's laboring more. He does look like he weighs more. He does. He, he can't get to the basket with ease the way that he used to. Missed some bunnies last night. Right there. Point-blank rain. Didn't have the type of lift that we're expecting. So, for me, it's LeBron is not who he was. This roster, constructed. Wasn't constructed well. They don't have enough shooters. They're not very, very athletic. And you talk about the young Lakers. They don't like the pressure that they're under now. LeBron talked about, man, when you're playing for this type of franchise, did Rob Palenka and did Magic Johnson in drafting these players and the free agent players they got this offseason. They're not a good fit. And I don't have to wait till the end of the regular season to be able to see that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something drastic. Like this is the kind of road trip you go to. You go to New Orleans without a D. You go to Memphis and give up that type of uh, of loss there.
0: Typically, this is the kind of uh, night a coach gets fired. But if his coach was going to get fired, it would have been after the Hawks game before the All Star break, where you yes. have over a week to kind of end. And when they didn't do it there, that's their, that to me means they might be stuck for the rest of the and, season. And, and listen, it, the NBA is a players' league. LeBron James up until I, I I know up until you know a few weeks ago was still unanimously considered the best player in the world that might be changing as of this morning or yesterday or tomorrow but we saw we we know the level LeBron when he's fully operational can take a team to we didn't see it nine years ago we saw it nine months ago in the NBA playoffs right so yes. we know that exists so this is on the players but Luke Walton has been a travesty there are four guys last night for the Lakers, LeBron, Kuzma, Ingram, and Bullock, all played an entire 12-minute quarter without a rest. Why? Once again, I think because he just lost track of time. Mike Muscala played 13 minutes the first game they acquired him. He yes. then was a DNB coach's decision every game right. until last night, where he plays, what, 11 and a half minutes. Why? No idea. And on the front office side of things, Forget the draft picks. Like, those guys need to develop. I, nobody, when they took Lonzo and Ingram at number two, both picks, they I, people weren't criticizing those picks. Now, maybe they end up, they should have been savvier, but those were the consensus picks there. Yes. But the free agent signings, everyone criticized. And then how about the midseason move? Your best center, Zubots, is traded for Mike Muscala. Why? I don't know. There are so many things outside of the players that the team is working against. What should be the obvious goal because you wonder, is the GM really an NBA GM and is the coach really an NBA coach?
4: Well, then that leads us to ask, where, where do you go from here? How, how do you finish out the season and hope you're actually going to move forward and not, say, stagnant? I mean, you, you see it from LeBron. He's more frustrated and expresses that frustration more and more. I mean, we're starting every show with comments LeBron makes after a game, which, look, last year you didn't have a great team, but you didn't hear this level of frustration from LeBron James. Well,
5: for one, he was in the Eastern Conference. He's dominated the Eastern Conference, with a tremendous amount of confidence, and – if they could get healthy in Cleveland, there was, I mean, how many teams could beat the Cavs last year? Maybe one in the Celtics, which, which they took them to the hilt. and, and uh, damn near it, did so. Yeah, but they, that team wasn't good enough to be able to beat a LeBron James Cavs. So, no, they're stuck. This is the roster, all right? And when you look back at it, I, I'm going to look back at not getting Anthony Davis— and Beno, those players that they talked about being involved in those trades, they haven't responded as well. The organization hadn't responded as well. So it's going to be a lost season. The first season you get LeBron James to Los Angeles it could be a lost season. And the only only hope would be, man, Sacramento, San Antonio. And what they've been doing down the stretch—not playing the type of basketball that we had seen them play for the first two thirds—that's the, the
0: only reason the Lakers are still alive. Right. Listen, they have—they have, they have to go at this point, for 15 and seven the rest of the way, minimum to have a chance. There is nothing we've seen over the last basically since Christmas Day, the day LeBron got hurt, that makes you think they can. And I am the—I want to make this very clear: a lot of this falls on LeBron, and. A, people will say, well, it's LeBron because he has not been the same guy since the injury. I think that is true, but i the injuries can be an explanation rather than an excuse, but they're a reality. And part of the reason that LeBron James is a one-of-one one in the NBA is prior to this year, you never had to worry about this. What if he gets dinged and he's not fully operational what if he gets dinged and at the end of the year because of that he doesn't have his full stamina that has never, never been, been something a problem and now we're seeing a guy I guess maybe one of the downsides the only downside to having never been hurt I don't know that he knew how to deal with the conditioning and the training during an injury because he'd never had one because he does not look anything close right now to the best player in the world Next,
3: Dirk Nowinski's post-game interview after a very emotional night in L.A.
4: Yeah, that was sweet. I mean, really appreciative. Uh, First, I was like, why is Doc calling the timeout? What is he doing? I mean, with six seconds to go, I was like, what's he up to? Uh, And then he grabbed the mic. I didn't really understand much. Uh, but that was really, really humbling and, uh, that was an emotional moment and, uh, really appreciative.
6: What did that mean to you guys that he did that the first time?
4: Yeah, it was awesome. It was a, a great moment, uh, and all the players coming up to me. Um. Uh, and uh, congratulating me on my career so uh, it's like I said it's humbling and uh, very emotional at times it's like a farewell tour for you they're making the decision for me I guess uh. (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah we'll see what the what the rest of the season brings and then uh, but it's been yeah it's been great I mean really emotional in in some of these buildings uh, the reception from the fans have been incredible so uh, much love for sure
7: do you
5: have a favorite Staples
4: Center moment? I know you had a game-winner, uh, Kobe, on the bench. You had a little exchange. Yeah, I mean, it had to be uh, mentioned this morning when we beat the Lakers here, in, obviously, in the playoffs in 11. Uh, stole game one, uh, and beat them pretty handily in, in game two. Uh, you know, those, obviously, playoffs are the most important moments. Uh, moments. And uh, the steal two on the road against the defending champs. Um, I'll never forget those two games, obviously How do you want to be remembered? I Don't know the guy, you know, obviously could shoot a bit uh, You know, I always try to be there for uh, for his team for his franchise um, Wanted to win want to compete? I uh, want to play with his teammates and um, I don't know, just uh, enjoy competing, enjoy playing uh, playing the sports uh, that I love.
2: As a competitor, you're used to quieting crowds on the road, you know, and now road crowds are, are cheering for you. Is that different? Is it hard to stay locked in a little bit more?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely different. Uh, and, you know, those those moments there a couple of weeks ago in Boston and in Indy when fans are just cheering, and I'm trying to force it and actually score a basket for them because I haven't scored in all game. Uh, that was weird that was definitely weird and i'm, I'm trying to get one in to, uh, so bad that i'm forcing shots out there it was a different feeling i've never had that in my career uh but you know like i said i'm, I'm very appreciative uh, of, of the receptions and uh, i'm gonna keep pushing here till the end you know you know now that Doc is done it, it's probably gonna happen again somewhere in another city hey uh well we'll see what happens you know like i said i had no idea what was going on there when he took the time out and um, that was uh, that was awesome moment. Um, also obviously career game number fifteen hundred, you know. Uh, got the game ball and you know, coming in whatever twenty years ago, you know, my first year struggling like that, you know, would have never thought I'm getting the fifteen hundred NBA games. So uh, it's been it's been emotional. It's been a great uh, roller coaster career with a lot of ups and downs, but uh, you know, always try to be there for my team and for my for my city. Now,
3: Skip and Shannon break down James Harden's
4: MVP
1: run.
3: Are you surprised his streak lasted this long?
1: No, the guy averaged 27 shots a game. He's shooting about 13 threes a game. No, I'm not surprised at all. Um, it's impressive for the simple fact, Skip, when the streak started, they were in 14th place. Now, mind you, mm-hmm. there's only 15 teams in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. so he was at the at the at the bottom, mm-hmm. and he's dragged them all the way to the fifth uh, uh, slot. Minus a lot of that without Chris Paul and without Capella. Yeah. So he needed to do this. And, and he caught a lot of criticism. But I don't believe, had James Harden not gone on this historic mm-hmm. streak, which is the second longest in NBA history behind Wilt, I think, 65 games, uh, they would not be in the position they're in. Anytime you do something, Skip, that's only been done one other time, one o- only one other person, and we talked about Wilt earlier, mm-hmm. that has to be very impressive. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> he didn't average 30. He had 32 games in which Mm -hmm. he averaged 30, but he averaged 41 points over that streak. Now, that's what's impressive. But again, Skip, he's shooting the ball. I mean, when you think about how many times he actually puts the ball up, and again, he was 0 for 10 from last night. That's one thing. He ain't got no conscience. He ain't got no heart, because he ain't met a shot he didn't like. And he has the greenest light ever. Mm -hmm. And another thing, they didn't really give him a whole bunch of free throws last night. And that, I think that... 14. Uh, They gave him
7: that many? Yep. 10 or 14, but for him, you know... Well, he, he missed, like, yeah, yeah. he normally 12 or 14. Yeah. True. But yep. you know the thing is... I'm sorry, I, I didn't read this right. 16. He shot 16? Yeah, 14 or 16. I was, I was See, sorry. that was 25,000
1: well-spent. Yeah, there. you're right. Because he got fired 25,000 for criticizing, he did. and they come back at first yeah. game back, and guess what? Shoot mm. 16 free throws. Mm. But it, it was impressive because of what it allowed. I'm going to say him doing it, not that it ended, but him doing it in order to get them back in playoff mm-hmm. contention. It's because it was everything he needed to do minus his second
7: and third best player. Okay. So, what would James Harden usually do under this circumstance? He's dribbling it up. Okay. Oh, he shot it. He's got a seven-footer on him named Dwayne Dedman, former San Antonio Spur. And Dwayne Dedman's got no idea how to do this, but he's trying to just be all over him. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't think you could fake him off his feet? You don't think you could go up and under on Dwayne Dedman and get to the free throw line to shoot three free throws? Hey, don't
1: think, no, Skip. Don't think they don't know that,
7: because look at all the guys. They got four guys I coming. Know, <laughs> they like yeah. And, and the, the game is over. Yeah. It's an eight-point game. It's 119 to 111, and the Hawks are all over yes. him saying, we're going to stop this. Yes. We, we Not in our house, if right? You, if you shoot a 40-foot okay. three-pointer, right. so be and, it. And obviously, he didn't want to do that because right. he was 0 for 10, so he had no feel from three whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But to me... James Harden was relieved this ended. He wanted it to end, and I believe his team was relieved it was over because yeah. they don't want to have to keep doing that every night. Well, they can't
1: in order for – because now Chris Paul is back. Now Capella is back. They yep. need to to play team to, ball. Yeah. It can't
7: be a one-man show. I completely agree. I think he got worn out from the streak mentally, yes. if not physically. Right. And I believe his team got worn out mentally tr- trying to make sure it worked, l- right. make sure yeah. he gets his shots. Now it's time to play basketball. Right. Now it's time to, after all the criticism he took from all the ex-players and Hall of Famers saying there's no way, starting with Kobe Bryant, there's no way you can win this way right. in the playoffs. No. Well, the truth is there's little way you can win if you shoot 0 for 10 from three. Well, right?
1: There would have had he not gone to this mm-hmm. historic streak, yep. he wouldn't have had to worry about the playoffs. No. Because he wouldn't have been in it to to lose no, I, in the I, playoffs.
7: No, I agree with that. So I'm I'm impressed. Yes. I mean, I'm extremely impressed. Yes. It was extraordinary what yes. he just pulled off. Right. there. I'm not sure anybody else could do. I don't think LeBron no, could no, do no, that. No, at no, 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 not stage. like this. Because,
1: Whew. because in order, because he's shooting step back threes. Yep. he's leading the NBA, in, uh, obviously, in three pointers made. He's also leading in free throw attempts and yep. free throws made. Yep. But when you look at it, Skip, they have to get back to sharing the basketball mm-hmm. because you have to play a certain way with James Harden to continue the streak. Minus Chris Paul and Capella. Mm-hmm. Now that they're back. You can't play that way Mm -mm. and expect to win because they were struggling with James Harden and Chris Paul in Mm -mm. the lineup because James was still playing
7: that way. I agree. And I want to say this one more time. Mm. I I am so impressed with his free throw shooting because you shoot 16 and you make 14, and he goes up there and just flicks his wrist, and it seems effortless to him. Mm -hmm. And you know and I know how hard it is to keep making those and not lose focus and concentration or flow or just get cold from the free throw line. He makes... 85 90% every night. And and I love that about him.
1: Hey, I don't know if you notice, know Skip, but your guy looking good. You little
7: Oklahoma sooner. Mm. Old Trey Young. Starting to. Old Trey Young. Problem is he's like 5'11, 165. Pounds. And letting it go. You eight or 12. Yeah. He said
1: him and Luca, everybody gonna be happy. Who you want? Now, saying what I'll kidding, take okay. Luka any day, any night. But, Skip, they gave up Luka and they're going to the, okay, get the Mavericks. I, I got that. The
7: year. problem with Trey Young, he's so little, it's, it's hard for him to defend. You have to hide him a little bit. You, know, on you have defense. to hide all
1: the guys. You have to hide Steph Curry. You ain't okay. let Steph Curry take well, nobody. Steph
7: Curry is 6'3", at But least. he ain't guard nobody. And Steph Skip. Curry will lead the league in steals. He played
1: passing lane.
7: Okay, uh, he, this little guy, Allen Iverson
1: led the league in no, steals.
7: No, I, I got it. I'm not sure we're not looking at Allen Iverson here, but he no, has no, no, impressed no, no, no. me no, he got lately. He's he started got well, especially when he makes eight threes. What do he make like? Uh, yeah, eight make, or twelve. Eight to twelve. Okay, if you can do that every night, but he can't do that. Yeah,
1: every and night. he was shooting some of them from you saw where he was shooting yeah, from know. Brownsville, Laredo.
3: Following Dante Jones sits down with Kyle Lowry to talk All Star Weekend.
1: Hi, it's Dante Jones, here with Kyle Lowry, my little brother. Um, I'm his mentor. He'll you "No, nah, I'm lying." But I've I've got a chance to watch this kid grow, man, and I'm I'm super proud of him. What is does his five All Stars in a row for you? Yeah, yeah. Like, You're you leading the way.
6: What I said, we said I, I tricked him into giving five. Yeah, You tricked <laughs> him into giving five All Stars. <laughs> now we
1: both grew up loving this game of basketball and where we come from. Like, was this ever your your dream to be an All-Star? Did you ever see yourself put on an All-Star uniform and and, and, and really being a part of this? Because I saw you when you first came in, and you had high hopes, and and you worked every day. But did
6: you ever see yourself being an All-Star? I think it was just kind of one thing that was tough to see it when you come from, you know, not knowing if you're going to play, to getting this guy drafted and traded and this and that. And, um, you know, as you know, there's the opportunity. Right. Once you get the opportunity to take advantage of it, and that's what you do. And I've had some good support. I have a great support system. Toronto's been home for me. They've done so much for me. They've let me become who I am today. And like I said, five-time All-Star, five in a row. Um, and just being able to be able to grow and, and be a, a, a player with growth um, in this league and just continuously get better at, at the older ages. And people would say, oh, he's going downfall, he's going downfall. It's always a good thing to be able to prove everyone wrong.
1: Now, I've had a chance to share your journey with you, and I'm and I'm I'm proud to be a part of it. But share with the with the the young kids out there who want to do what you're doing. Share what got you through the, the rough moments, and and what was your reason for playing?
6: Well, a lot of a lot of things to get through the rough moments. Good people, you know yourself. I had some good veterans, man. Chauncey, Ty, D. Jones. Dante Jones, I got some good people around me that that really kind of made sure that, listen, it's, it's not going to be easy, it's going to be tough. Um, and for the kids out there, it, it's not easy. Finally, Chris Mannix joins
3: Nick and CeCe to explain why Anthony Davis could end up a Celtic.
0: Can I just real quick? Mm-hmm. You reported this on this show two weeks weeks ago, ago, right? Weeks ago, yeah. Okay, and now it's just being further reported. I just wanted to give you credit because you said this report on this show two weeks
2: ago and now someone else is also Basically, what what the Celtics did was they didn't directly say you could have Jason Tatum but made the Pelicans aware that everyone was on the table. Um, The funny part about the Anthony Davis situation is that it has absolutely nothing to do with Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis, we know, can't be a free agent until 2020. Whatever team he gets traded to, he's going to play for. This is entirely a Kyrie Irving situation. If the Celtics re-sign Kyrie Irving or are told by Kyrie before July 1st that he is going to re-sign, they are going to go all in for Anthony Davis. And that does mean Jason Tatum, draft picks, Jalen Brown, whatever it takes to get Anthony Davis on this roster. But it has everything to do with Kyrie. If they don't get Kyrie Irving... I'm not sure they put a substantial offer on the table for Anthony Davis because they can't run that type of risk. I think, and this is more speculation, but I think if they don't, if Kyrie says, I'm out, I'm going to go somewhere else, I think their plan B is to go down this path with their young guys, re sign Terry Rogier, and
0: try to build that way. So, it, So, if I'm hearing this correctly, if Kyrie leaves, the Celtics will not make a realistic offer. Not one that includes Jason Tatum for sure. And if, but if Kyrie stays, what what's the type of offer you think that they make if Kyrie's there? I think there are two types of offers.
2: One would be Jason Tatum and a little bit less of the sweeteners that are involved. Like you can get the one guy that everybody agrees is the best player available out there or you can take a Jalen Brown-centric package and a whole bunch of draft picks. The Memphis pick, you know, maybe there'll be a Clipper pick in that So you think the Tatum
0: package wouldn't include the good
2: draft picks? No, I I think it ultimately would, but I think their first offer would be, look, I I just don't, I've said this before to you guys and I've written it, they're just not going to be outbid. So if if the Pelicans came back and said, this is what it's going to take or else we're going somewhere else, I think the Celts would throw all those picks in there. And look, Danny Ainge has been willing to go deep on stuff like this before. Some stuff that hasn't even gotten done. You remember the – I mean, where would the Celtics be if the Charlotte Hornets a few years ago took the trade off? They offered four first-round picks four, for Justice Winslow. For that, that pick that ultimately was Frank Kaminsky. Was right, not but they, be. Wanted, they, wanted they wanted Justice Winslow. Winslow right, they Correct. want the ninth pick in the draft. Good job, like, so they've, Jordan. <laughs> they, they've oh, been – Can't get four first-meaning Kaminsky. One was one of the Brooklyn uh, picks, it's, too. It's it was insane. in there. So, but, like, Dan – the point is – Danny Ainge's been willing to go all in on situations like this before. I think he'll do it again. How much has Tatum hurt his stock? Not at all. Not at Zero. all. Zero. Well, this this whole. I I don't think. Look, uh, Terry Rozier might be the exception. I don't think Jason Tatum has hurt his stock all that much. I don't think Jalen Brown has hurt his stock all that much. How
4: could Jalen Brown not have hurt?
2: Because because that? I think people across the league understand that this season has been a strange one in Boston. And, Nick, you keep putting numbers up there all the time. You keep graphicking me to death, if that can be be a word. Um, Jalen Brown in the postseason last year, you know what his numbers were? Tell me. 18 points per game, 47% from the floor, and and close to 40% from from three. Yeah. Those are real numbers. That's an 18-game. It's not a small sample size. That's an 18-game sample size. We're talking about a player for the first two years of his career was in back-to-back conference finals and contributing to both teams. That stuff matters to the executives that watch the games and say in big-time situations, this guy's proved himself to play well. Everybody is a
0: mess on that Celtic team this year. The entire team is discombobulated. Well, then, but that's got to matter then. we Hold on. We saw that the New Orleans Pelicans thought the Lakers offer, which was all the young guys and draft picks, was not enough. So I just want to know, because I do not know Danny Ainge, with the exception of offering the four first-round picks for Justice Winslow, to ever overbid for a guy. That's not his tendency is to lose a trade or to overpay. I just want to know, like, I'll show you the Lakers' young players, leave Lonzo out of it because he's hurt, compared to the Celtics' young players. And you, I know you don't love the per Those are per-game numbers now and you say Jalen Brown was 18 points per game in the playoffs, so there's an 18-game sample. This is a 60-game sample, but whatever. I'll give you the per-36 stats because you would tell me those are more important, more relevant. Show them the per-36. Per hey, Okay, if for the Pelicans, Ingram, Kuzma, and ball, and picks wasn't enough, how, how do... The Celtics trump that unless it's Brown, Tatum,
5: and a bunch of picks. I don't know if it was not enough because I think that the Pelicans doing what's best for the franchise is by getting more teams involved. So that might have been enough if you didn't have the potential that, man, Boston had called me. And I like their younger players a little bit better than I like the Lakers players. So allowing Boston to get through the trade trade deadline to get to the point where they can go. Because for me, this is about Danny Ains got one move. We've been talking about when's he going to do it? When's he going to do it? When's he going to do it? And I just believe that one move, Anthony Davis is a special enough player that I believe he'll give all those draft picks and everything if he's able to keep Kyrie because Anthony Davis-Kyrie um, combination would be special.
2: I agreed that – I don't know that the Lakers' offer was not enough. I think it was the Pelicans want to see what else is out there. And and that's a smart play mm-hmm. by the Pelicans to do that. But, how, Nick, how do you not include the situations in, in this stuff? Like, the Lakers – are a losing situation right now. Brandon Ingram's not playing behind anybody. Jalen Brown is playing behind multiple guys. Jason Tatum is now the at times fourth scoring option on that team, at least third
0: on most nights. That has to be factored. Right, but into that's but that's where to me the efficiency and the field goal percentages matter because if you are the fourth option guess what? Defenses are not scheming around you. You should be getting a lot of open
2: shots. Yeah, but I can counter that argument too by saying, like, you're doing a lot of standing around as a fourth option, playing off Kyrie Irving, standing in the corner, shooting open jump shots. Look at the shot selection for Jason Sitting Tatum this year. in the corner,
0: shooting open jump shots is but that, exact- that's not
2: for every, that's not everybody's game. Like, that's not what everybody can do. Not everybody's built to... It's like it's with the Lakers. Not everybody's built to play off of LeBron James. Brandon Ingram struggled with that early in the season. Luke Walton said he's got to be more of a cutter.
0: He's got to get to the basket hands up it's a style of play as much as the shots listen what we can't do though because I have been consistent on Brandon Ingram I think and now I give him credit for his last two weeks his last two weeks he's been quite good I thought Brandon Ingram coming out of college was an overrated prospect I thought Brandon Ingram going into this year was an overrated prospect even though it's the I think the, the LeBron and AD be a great pairing at no point have it been like you know who's a great prospect Brandon Ingram I'm not making that case it, But what we can't do is make every case the one that fits for the Celtics. We can't talk about how much better players are under Brad Stevens, and then fail to acknowledge that could actually hurt the Celtics in trades. That you see Avery Bradley leave, and it's like, he's not that good. Jay Crowder leaves, and he's not that good. And so what would Jalen Brown be when he's not under Brad Stevens? We can't say the playoffs matter, but the regular season don't. It d- doesn't matter. We can't say when both of these guys' three-point percentages dropped seven points from last year in Tatum and Brown mm-hmm. that their stock doesn't drop. Your stock, in my eyes, your stock does drop when that happens.
5: Your stock might drop. But also, when you look at people that are looking at basketball, you can't can't dismiss the playoff minutes. And the reason why we don't talk about it with the Lakers? Because they don't have any. So you have to be able to bake in, in the most pressure situation, what did they do when their team was not their most athletic? They weren't their most talented. These young players stepped up in those. Imagine if we had... Ingram averaging those 18 points in the playoff that, series. That would change that would change the story. Total now. games. If we had Kuzma had gone through 18 game playoff and he had averaged 18, it would change that. So I'm I'm sure that NBA teams not only looking at Boston has better picks. Boston typically have one better prospect, not two. They have one better prospect and that time spent you have to keep hope that Jalen Brown, like other players in our environment, he can get back to that
0: level or be a little bit better. I just want to ask you one other question. Let's say Kyrie leaves. Why, for the Celtics, do you think they still wouldn't go all in on Anthony Davis and say, you know what, we'll convince him to stay? Because I think it's too big a risk given the amount of assets
2: that would have to be included, including those draft picks. You have to let, It's almost like live to fight another day. You let that pitch go by, mm-hmm. and you wait to see who else comes available because invariably
0: somebody else becomes yeah, And available. then we'll hear that the real target was Giannis in 2022. It's Giannis, it's Giannis, it's- but I wouldn't <laughs> trade Jalen Brown for him. Well, That's clear go, right there-, there.
3: Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.